percent of the time it works every time. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I drink your milkshake. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cinefleck. I am your host, Ethan Colburn. How is everybody today? Um, I missed you guys. Look what I did. I put out a podcast two weeks in a row. How did I do that? Um, I made the effort to... (laughs) I'm very lazy sometimes. I apologize for that. Um, But, like wow like really uh blown away by the amount of people that like reached out and said that they were very excited that the podcast was happening again like i i feel very humbled uh frequently by having like people that actually care what i think about uh, movies and stuff it's like it's pretty it's pretty amazing so um thank you guys so much um I would love some uh, iTunes ratings. iTunes. iTunes doesn't even exist anymore. I sound like a freaking uh, like Gen Xer. Um, it, I want some. <laughs> I want. <laughs> it's a disaster. If you guys can review my podcast and Apple Podcasts, that would be very helpful. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, beyond that, I probably have some new. Um, new podcast coming soon. I can't promise what's next, but a uh, sweet smell of success podcast is in the works with Griffin, who you've probably heard on here before. This episode is with Steven and it's awesome. I had a ton of fun recording this one. Um, I hope you guys share it. Cause I actually, I think this is one of my better ones. Uh, really, really good conversation about uncut gems. Uh, you can find, um, find my recipe for vodka red bull on instagram which is the movie that we're pairing with sorry the drink that we're pairing with this movie um there's not much of a recipe to it spoiler alert but um you can find it there you can find the rest of my recipes there uh you can also get in touch with me there so uh check that out um please uh reach out if you have any film requests um i'm i'm down to down to crank some more of these out so um please do that and without further ado enjoy this week's episode (laughs) all right steven we just finished the movie how you feeling we're feeling good it's a great movie we're feeling great feeling anxious but are we feeling good yeah that's i mean that's that's my second question are we feeling good are we really feeling good i mean we're anxious we're anxious the resolve the resolve of it like it's closure it's not the closure we wanted but it ends on closure but it's not what we want as a viewer personally as a viewer it's this is interesting i like happy endings but you feel like the movie has some sort of closure to it yeah oh 100 yeah for sure it's not it's not a good ending at all like well it's objectively a good ending objectively it's not a good ending it I don't know, man. It's I like happy endings. I like I wouldn't want to see him, you know, go to the Ritz Carlton with Julia and have the jacuzzi and all of that. But I mean, that doesn't end up happening. Spoiler alert: he gets shot, and it's all downhill. Why do you feel like this? This is a proper ending to the story. Well, I mean, just because I feel like. I don't want to say he got what he deserved, but he crossed the wrong people. 
he owed a lot of the wrong people money and he got what was coming to him you know i mean he locked those dudes who were messing with him the entire movie the whole movie these guys were on his ass and i mean he got what was coming to him <laughs> yeah he did he might did. be a bad take but i mean no i i mean i mean i agree with it i think it's i think it's a i think it's an interesting question right because it's like um i mean the whole movie you you are you are rooting so hard for this guy and he, mm-hmm. and he sucks mm-hmm. the whole time and i don't yeah. even know why i just i think there's something so appealing about his ambitious plan and the idea that like you you want you want to see it happen because it's so it's so insane and it's such a ridiculous plan like you somehow want to see it come together does that make sense yeah no for sure 100 percent. i just i just feel like you know you mess with the wrong people you you get what's coming for you that's just my my humble opinion but i mean (laughs) what do i know no i agree i agree i agree with you on the ending um first off how have you been I have been great. It's good to be back. Good to see the Cineflex pod popping again. We love to see it. I'm excited to be back on. It's always fun. Always. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. How's life treating you? We're going great. You know, working hard, trying to watch movies when I can, trying to catch up on this year's movies for sure. Watching some older ones when I can and hanging out. At 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 concerts all the time. I mean, I follow your Instagrams. I follow you on Instagram. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram. You can see me at a local show every weekend. <laughs> looks like a looks like a good time in Houston. I gotta always. pop in. Oh yes, oh, you are always welcome in Houston. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, did you get a chance to make yourself a vodka Red Bull before this? As I am a minor, I did not get myself a chance to make a vodka Red Bull. Let but... the record show. I just asked him if he did. <laughs> I didn't encourage it in any way. No, the whole time Ethan was like, dude, just go steal some of your parents' vodka, buy a Red Bull. (laughs) All jokes, all jokes. But we were trying to come up with the drink for the movie. And we were like, all right, my number one pick was a Four Loco. Because, I mean, I don't think you get more chaotic than a good old Four Loco. (laughs) But the vodka Red Bull is a very, very close second. We were like, yeah, it was like vodka, Red Bull, Jägermeister. Yeah. Uh, well, like a Jäger bomb. Yeah. Uh, uh, Four loco. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Eventually, it was vodka, Red Bull, and I have to yeah. say that I was drinking a vodka, Red Bull. I, I mean, I'm literally like halfway through it. Like, I'm not. Woo-hoo. I haven't even finished it. But, um, yeah, I think I think caffeine plus alcohol. Never. enhances the experience um in some ways i think you know i think if you were gonna throw on like cocaine onto that and yeah. then like and then like i don't know what else like like like, uh, ED, like edm music or yeah like edm like music loud. ecstasy like just throw them all into the same night and just you know that's the movie basically is what i'm yep, saying i'm gonna say and that's uncut gems that's uncut gems god damn it you want to give like a synopsis here oh man all right it's a lot so our main character we got our boy howard ratner uh he owns a jewelry shop in the diamond district and he buys this stone from these ethiopian opal miners and it's worth a lot of money a lot of people really want it 
and he gives it to the basketball player. I don't know who he's playing for now. Uh, Kevin Garnett. KG? Yeah. Yeah. Is he still playing? No, he's retired. Uh, um, but isn't it? Okay. Well, I got a side note on that, but I'll let you finish okay. the synopsis first. All right. All right. And basically, he loans Kevin Garnett the gem and ends up owing a lot of people a lot of money and all hell unfolds and if you haven't seen it i don't know how you haven't seen it you're weird go watch the movie and basically it's got an all-star cast a ton of amazing actors and actresses and perfect directing cinematography like plot pace it's it's genuinely probably one of the movies i would label as near perfect yeah no, I think I think I think that's a really good way to sum it up. I think I think you're constantly going through this movie um like wondering if he is or if he's not going to like pull it all together and mm-hmm. you're like you're stressed out the entire time. It's never fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Howard is is I think I mentioned this before, completely unlikable. Um yeah. you hate no, him. He's an ass. But yeah. I think there's something about like it's either it's either your need to like want everyone to be at peace or just mm-hmm. your need to like or, or just your desire to like uh, like want everything to come together yeah. uh, th- that you're just you you really do want them to succeed. I don't know if you feel yeah. the same way. Yeah. I mean, just like as a person, I'm like like or him as a person. It's like you want him to win. Like you want like if the movie does a really good job of setting up the scenes with you know scenes with his wife or scenes with his family and so like now you have this established idea that he has a family he has like a personal life that obviously well not obviously it kind of matters to him uh work obviously matters more but it has this idea that you know he has a family and now that kind of raises your empathy for him towards him and that resolves in a negative way as his wife hates him his kids don't respect him you know so but you're still yeah. rooting for him he's charismatic you are. no it's so true so you mentioned when we were te- texting about this movie mm-hmm. like um the significance of that of that yeah. scene and i mean i've i have a couple mm-hmm. thoughts on it but like could you kind of touch on like like what to you is the significance of like showing that family dynamic and showing that the the guy who he's after is like i guess mm-hmm. his brother-in-law right yeah, I was I was just about to ask. Uh, it's Arno. Arno's his name, right? I think so. I can't remember, uh, yeah, I, like, I can't remember if yeah. Arno short, is short the, for Arnold. I guess. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Arno. Um, that scene because I'm mean, every scene up to that we have seen Arno as a bad guy. In this case, Howard is the good guy. We have seen Arno as the antagonist, and so we finally think that we're getting like this scene of peace you know he's at north's family they're doing their you know religious traditions and it's almost like at peace it's like all right everything's kind of settled down for a minute and then the camera pans up and arno is sitting there so then we learn that arno is a part of his family and i feel like it dips into how howard cares for his family like you know he's still constantly talking about work constantly talking about you know how much money he has all these kind of like asshole things but the family aspect kind of relaxes that a little bit but then you have 
Arno there and it goes directly back into Arno knowing everything that Howard does. Now Arno knows that KG has the gem and how much the gem is worth. And that really sets up the scenes later when Arno, you know, realizes how much money Howard could have or is going to have. And that sets up directly into one of the worst scenes, most tense scenes in the movie, the auction scene. Ethan is a fan oh of the auction scene, by the God. way. He loves the auction scene. Of any <laughs> of any of any scene that I that I like just remember vivid. I, I haven't seen this movie like literally since it came out. Um that I remember oh, so I remember like the auction scene so vividly, just the like him looking over at the guy, KG bidding, the like assistant mm-hmm. whispering in his ear. I just like, yep. that's just straight like seared into my memory. And it's mm-hmm. not even, you know, I mean, obviously there's, there's more chaotic shit that happens in this movie, oh, but yeah. that's just the one that like, if it comes together for him, it comes together and that's it. Yeah. That's the movie. Mm-hmm. And there's so yep. many moments throughout this movie where if, if it, if it hits, it hits. Mm-hmm. That's it yep. for him. You're done. And uh, if the if the bet hits, where if if Arno doesn't pull his bet, Ooh. and that first bet hits, he's done. He's done. Yeah. He has a nice life. Mm-hmm. He's out of debt. He can move on. Uh, yep. But it it just it never does. Never. Ugh. Oh man, this movie's a mastercraft in tension and like keeping the viewer interested i can touch on that i want to hear your thoughts on the dinner scene though like how is that oh yeah yeah. let's go you? back to the dinner scene yeah, yeah, yeah i mean my thoughts on the dinner scene i i mean i think i think kind of similar to you you know like um it adds this added layer of like there's a family dynamic to like mm-hmm. what's going on here i i think i think it shows a that like arno probably his first choice is probably not going to is, is probably not to rough Howard up. Like yeah. he he's family. Like he probably just wants to get him to pay his money back. If he can, yeah. like you get the sense from that, like it really is his last straw. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. You also, yes. you also get the sense that like Arno has a family. He needs mm-hmm. his money back. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like, it's not like this guy's like, a filthy rich mob boss he's yeah he's also like a guy and he needs to get paid back so i think it adds yeah. sympathy to the story's mm-hmm. antagonist as well if that makes sense yeah uh, to touch on that a little bit more uh at i noticed this is i think my third or fourth time watching this damn and for the first time i love this movie for the <laughs> first time i noticed at the very end like he just hit like million dollars this guy won and when he lets Arno and the goons out, and I forget what his name is, but the he goons, shoots the goons, he shoots Arno, the goons. Arno and the goons could be like in your Houston punk scene, don't you think? <laughs> oh, is oh, that a good I band am name? That down. Let's go. <laughs> Arno and the goons. Shout out Houston punk scene. Uh, <laughs> uh, Arno touches, or Arno yeah. says. Uh, like after he shoots him, like, what did you do? Like, why did you do that? And so we do feel this little bit of sympathy that either it's just like an immediate shock, like, what did you do? But I mean, you could tell by his facial expressions and his body language that he's like, oh my God, he won. Like, we're going to get our money back. Everything's going to be fine. And then boom, movie ends. Damn. It's crazy. It it really is insane. It really is insane. Um, 
Yeah. And, 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 and there is this, there is this moment of bliss. I mean, I mean, there is that line where he, where he stares at the opal and he says like, holy shit, I'm going to come. But I <laughs> like that, like, I feel like that's a feeling that you get at a couple points in this, in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> where i mean you get <laughs> yeah no i'm kidding but i'm kind of not kidding i mean you you yeah. like like in the sense <laughs> it's this moment of satisfaction moment of satisfaction yeah. that's just brief and then it's just like you get yeah. hit with the like reality sets in um and and that happens and that ha- like really at the end at the end of this movie you have like 10 seconds where it comes together he's buzzing the people and they seem angry but he hasn't shot the guy yet and then all of a sudden it's like shoots the guy like that's that's howard's end mm-hmm. howard's end another great movie howard's end a hey. <laughs> 1992 starring anthony hopkins and emma thompson let's go we're good at this dude let's we're, go we're, we're doing great <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh the end i feel like is a lot i can't it's been a while and it's hard for me to compare mm-hmm. uh but i mean it's what you do with directors it's hard for me to compare this to good time because i like this movie significantly more than i mm-hmm. do good time i can't specifically remember the ending of good time but i remember i watched them back to back the first time i watched uncut gems first Sounds hey miserable. don't judge it, it was it was pretty rough yeah uh, i watched like literally back to back like i turned off uncut gems turned on good time and i remember significantly significantly liking the uncut gems ending more i feel like like i said i'm a big fan of it just the closure like no one really wins we don't know what happens and one of my critiques with a lot of movies is after something happens to the like the main character like the character the movie is all about and they go and wrap up side characters stories after the ending of the main character Mm. i don't like that and so I like how this movie doesn't go back and touch on, you know, his wife and his kids and Julia. I like doesn't how it ends. To. It doesn't need to. And I yeah. greatly, greatly appreciate that. And I think it just is a perfect example of how good Safi brother writing is. They're just Hell great yeah. writers. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And, and I think Sandler and the Safties are set, set to work together soon right isn't that, is that happening yeah. it's, it's the next project yeah it's oh my god project I know. holy I'm shit so that's gonna excited. be crazy um so good. okay i mean i've i'm sure I, I don't know if you took notes or if you just have thoughts bouncing around your head but either way like we should just kind of go through you know yeah. start to finish kind of yeah let me rattle off Let's some things yeah. um but first of all I don't know how you felt about this. I, I, I mentioned this is like my mm-hmm. second time seeing this movie. Yeah. The first time genuine shock. I'm like, Adam Sandler's delivering a great performance and that's blowing yes. my mind. Yeah. This time I swear I saw only the character. I mm-hmm. did not even, I looked past, I looked past the Adam Sandler of it all. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm in that's, that's Howard to me. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't even like, that's how good of a performance is. It's ab- yeah. like, it's transformative. Oh, a hundred percent. It, I feel like it's hard to separate Adam Sandler from comedy, from his early yeah. SNL stuff. I feel like this is a role as like, as time goes on that this is a role that people will like remember him by. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And I mean, you know, when I, when we think back over, over other like great Adam Sandler performances and, and there's, mm-hmm. so there's a strong divide between the, the, yes. the grownups and w- w- all those bad Netflix Jack movies that Jill, he made and Jack those, and Jill yeah. and whatever. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, I mean, I mean, Punch Drunk Love is fantastic. Yeah. The other I one that I think that is up. extremely unrelated is the Meyerowitz stories. I don't know if you ever saw Noah Baumbach's movie. I haven't. That's been one that's been on my list for a while. It's though. on. It's on Netflix. I highly yeah. recommend it. Um, I think, I think both Punch Drunk Love and um, the Meyerowitz stories have more of Adam Sandler shining through, where he's sort yeah. of like, he's a funny guy that's sort of like down to earth, but like clearly not in comedy. But he's not. I mean, he's not doing a shtick, but he's kind of got these like he's got his like funny moments to shine. Yeah. Uh, this is just this almost bears like no resemblance to Adam Sandler as a person or as yeah. a, as a cultural icon or just anything. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just stripped down. I mean, I it's, it's almost unreal that like yeah. he gave this kind of a performance. I don't know. Yeah, It's, it's crazy. Like looking at the timeline of mm-hmm. when this came out and like the other things he had been working on, I can't remember what was that one Netflix movie. It was the Halloween one. Huey what was that Halloween? Movie called? Yeah, did that come out before or after this? I think it might. It might have been after. It might have been before. Okay. It's right. It's right around the same time. Okay, but still, like looking at the timeline yeah. of the movies this guy has worked on, it's insane. Going from you know like whatever came out before Uncut Gems, but obviously like he does a lot of comedy work, and then something as intense and serious as this almost thriller like movie it's genuinely insane for like an actor to be able to accomplish the both of those things so insanely well it it goes to show how good adam sandler is at what he does yeah but i i I mean i mean i hear you but at the same time like i think i I think uh, no, no one had, no one had ever seen this before. Right. Yeah. It's not yeah. like he, dem- like, it's not, I mean, he like punch drunk love was the one where I, I mean, I saw it and I was like, wow, okay. He can do this. He chooses not mm-hmm. to, this yeah. was like, this was, I mean, in a whole other level, even above yeah. that in some way. Unexpected. Yeah. Super, super unexpected from his previous work. It's just, uh, I think it was probably one of my favorite like 2019 was just such a good year for film. Oh my just God. Hands we down. haven't had a year like that since, honestly. Uh, and it's going to be a while because man, there were some insane movies that year. Oof. And I think that that performance is definitely like in my top five along, you know, uh, Adam driver, all the Adams did a great job in 2019, Adam driver and marriage story. He's up there with, yeah. With all of those. Oh shit. That was, that was a good, that was a good year for Adam performances. <laughs> never thought of y'all that. adams man y'all are doing crazy adams adams, adams <laughs> were going off in 2019 um one thing i wanted to talk to you talk to you about because i think we both talked about how we didn't really remember the start of this movie um yeah i this had to have been intentional because i don't think there's a wasted moment of this film but like what hmm. do you think the significance was of like starting in the mine Oh, that is a good question. I generally don't even know if I can answer that because I was thinking, I was like, I can't really remember because it does put emphasis on the man who was hurt. Like they're all gathering around this dude 
who's got, you know, the busted leg. Um, I genuinely don't know if I can speak on the, the significance of that. I mean, maybe just show like, like exposition, like showing like where it's from. Maybe that could just be, cause if all of a sudden it was yeah. like, Oh, there's an opal and it's like, Oh, okay. That's cool. But I feel like that, yeah. like we have an idea that, you know, these guys are making, not making, they're getting these jewels and they're available to the public. I, I genuinely yeah. don't know. I think that might be something of significance. I don't know for sure. Here's, here's my, here's my take on it. And I might be like mm-hmm. overanalyzing. So hey, what's call, me out. call me out. Right, that, but that's what we're here it. for. Cause otherwise what like, we're here for. what, what is this podcast? Really? Yeah. If, what is this podcast without, without overanalyzation? Thank Here you. We are. Thank you. So, um, honestly, it's almost like a. Um, I was watching Hellraiser. I don't know if you've ever seen Hellraiser. It's a, It's the eighties like movie with all the pins in oh, his pinhead. face. Oh, pinhead! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not a great movie. Side note, but <laughs> I think it bears a lot. Like it bears this. The start of this bears a lot in common with Hellraiser and a lot of like classic horror movies in that mm. it starts off in like a third world country. Um, I should say like de- developing like kind of nation and um, and uh, and some tragedy happens or like the mm. item is of mysterious or- origin. It almost bears resemblance to like this this item being cursed you know what i mean like it's like mm. it's like this is like some cursed stone uh that causes tragedy everywhere it goes and it's not the first time it's occurred and it's like mm-hmm. it's got that it's got that um i honestly think hellraiser has a similar has a similar like start and end where you end up with this like puzzle box that's been in I think Morocco or Egypt or somewhere in Northern Africa, some guy brings it back to the U S it causes a bunch of mayhem and ends up back in Northern Africa, but it it starts and ends with the box as the character. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's going on with the opal. Ooh, that is good. I never thought of it like the opal as a character. That's, that's a good, that's a good take. I would agree with that. I also think, the opal this time i i've I've thought about this the opal um (laughs) when they zoom in on the opal and then it goes into his colon (laughs) which is hilarious it's just a great intro best intro hilarious (laughs) um i think it's i think that's more than just like a cool take like i think there has to be some like again and i think it's demonstrated in the fact that this movie's so fast moving Mm -hmm. um the safties don't waste a moment no and i don't think they'd waste a cool take on on just like some fun special fun special effects so i really this time through i think they're telling you at the very beginning of the movie that howard literally (laughs) is the opal heat yes how do you feel about that yeah no i would agree with that i was also thinking just like Almost every main character in this movie has an obsession with the Opal. KG, Damani, Howard, they all have mm-hmm. this obsession with it. So I was also thinking maybe at the beginning it's all of these people are obsessed with the Opal too. But I, I think I would agree with your take more that Howard is genuinely like him and the Opal are 
one like what is he without the opal like he's just some guy who sells jewelry you know they're kind of they're kind of bound yeah no no yes. but i see what you're saying i mean there is there is some obsession with it but i think i think what he i mean i haven't totally pieced together my theory so i want you to help me yeah. figure this out okay. okay um but like but like i think the i think the relation there is that like the opal and him are both like literally worth less than Mm -hmm. they're appraised than they were initially appraised to be. Right. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, but I think there's this, like, there's this promise of value and then there's this thing where it doesn't deliver when it, when it's supposed to. And that's like, do you like this? Do you like this? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's hell yeah. Hell yeah. I got one. I got to take, I got to take. Okay. So, so, I mean, like in the auction, like the Opal, you know, is supposed to generate a million dollars. It generates, mm-hmm. you know, it generates 190, but to the wrong person. How- Howard has the same, Howard is the same chaotic energy, but I don't know mm-hmm. how you feel about like, and Howard has the same, has the same tendency to like impress people and, and talk yeah. up and, and sort of, mm-hmm. uh, but it uh, doesn't deliver when the, when the moment is right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now the one problem with this theory is he does deliver the opal does deliver for KG, but yeah. I want to know how you think about what, what you think. But about I this. mean, Howard also delivers. I mean, he got the money at the end. The money he does. Is his, he so does. He good that, point. Yeah. No, I genuinely would agree with that. I didn't notice that connection throughout the movie because I mean, every time we see Howard past like that first scene when he gets the opal, almost every time he's talking about it like to every person that he talks to is I got this opal, you know, it's 600 carats, a thousand to 3000, a carat, all of this talk every single time he meets somebody or is having a conversation with somebody that like he genuinely is genuinely is the opal. And I, I didn't make that connection. I've seen, I mean, I've seen this movie quite a lot and I've never made that connection. That's man. I never thought of that opens up a whole lot. I could be, I could be off base. It's a, it's a take, but I, I don't mean, know. It, ha- it has, it lines up. It lines up. I would agree with that. I think, yeah, I would genuinely agree with that. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I can contribute something to this podcast. Let's. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else would you like to talk about? Ooh, I would love to talk about some of the other cast. You know, we got it's Damani. Just... We, we got we got to get the whole Julia Fox thing out of the way. That's we're going to be mad. Uncut jobs. Uh, Uncut. Yeah, when I was when I was filming Uncut Jobs. Uncut Jobs. Uncut Jobs. That was I. Uncut like... Jobs. <laughs> Me and uh, Ethan were talking about how because when. <laughs> we're gonna sound like tmz and these like gossip things when did no, she start we, dating... we need to we need to do this we have to it's gonna be cathartic <laughs> when... <laughs> when did she start dating kanye was it 2021 or 2020 dude do you know how long this year was i think that was like this yeah. year no way you're pretty sure that was like this year. all right we're pulling like up. okay 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 no no please do because okay here's here's my thought Kim Kardashian hosted SNL in yeah. like late 2021. Mm-hmm. That's short, like a few months, sorry, like a couple months, a month or two after that, she started dating Pete Davidson. Not long after that, Kanye started dating Julia Fox. Yep. So it was I January. Think, 
It was January? Dude, oh that's god. how long this year has been. Oh my god, dude. I thought it was, thought it was year. last year. <laughs> you I thought, thought it was last you year. You said 2020, possibly. I mean, I'm <laughs> a lot, you know what I mean? It's crazy. Um, yeah, oh Julia, Julia Julia Fox has been sort of like an indie darling for so long, and yeah. then all of a sudden she started dating Kanye out of nowhere. Ooh. And then um but I think I, I kind of agree with the people that it might've just been for, for clout. I think she might've even admitted for that, that she's just yeah. kind of like had the opportunity to date Kanye and just like went with it. I mean, um, who wouldn't? Steven? <laughs> I don't, I do not agree with a lot that Kanye says, let that be known. No, uh, but I mean, but I mean, you know, we'd all, we'd all Kanye. date Kanye if we had the chance. Exactly. Exactly. She's, I mean, What's what's so interesting about this in particular is that she was a total unknown with this when this movie was filmed, yeah. and mm-hmm. I think it's liter it's if if you could if you could write this character into real life, this character might actually start dating Kanye West. Like it's yeah. so spot on with the yeah the character. I mean, it it makes you wonder. Like, I I wonder how much of this she's putting on now and how much of it is just like this was always her i don't know but it's so it's just so wrapped up in the same thing Mm -hmm. i genuinely dislike her character in this movie i don't hate her i just every time she's just in a scene it just ramps up and just the voice the demeanor all of this it just like gets under my skin like the whole scene after you know the scene with the weekend and howard howard i didn't do anything (laughs) it's just insufferable it's just so bad steven who knew you had such a good julia fox jeez i've been working on it just oh good i've I've been waiting for this moment have you been have you been have have you been calling your brothers be like guys come in the room i'm gonna show you guys come here (laughs) who does this sound like (laughs) yeah Yeah, i genuinely dislike her character um she's what about, written very well what no it's fair i mean it's i i don't i don't think you're really like supposed to love her anyway so i don't think yeah. that's offensive but i mean what yeah. what don't you like about her oh man i think that she just adds so much like pressure onto scenes because you know that one scene when howard is walking out of the office and she's like Howard, please just like, just let me talk to you. Just let me talk to you. And then, then like, that is his like breaking point. Like from there, like he's dealing like Kevin Garnett's like, let us in, let us in. You know, the buzzer's not working. And then he leaves for a minute. And then it's like when he's that scene where he throws the smoothie on her. Um, like she's late to work all the time. And so she's just this added pressure. And I feel like it, like her scenes just add this sense of tension to what's already been established and her character is just really annoying to watch like i it's hard for me to watch those scenes just because she's just annoying just this constant howard please howard please look i got my name tattooed like your name tattooed on me like it killed me yeah it's rough it's rough (laughs) it's hard to watch it's like, and it's in this important scene, like Howard is like breaking down. Like he's crying. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't know what I've done. Like he's breaking down, like having an, an uh, 
insanely hard time. And she's like, look, it's, it's your name. And obviously he's like, why, why did you do that? And it, so it just adds another layer of stress onto Howard. It's but, rough. But he kind of likes it. I mean, I really. I, I was going to say that. I was going to say, I think, but like in that initial moment, he's like, why, why did you do that? And then he gets the call from the auctioneer people. He, it kind of, it's weird. Cause it's like, they kind of have a working dynamic where it does cheer him off. It doesn't feel yeah, it doesn't feel stable, but it's like in some ways he he needs that sort of like, I mean, I want to it's it's bubbly, but it's very fake bubbly. Like she's yeah. she she's there to be kind of like Howie. Oh my god, like Howie, my name's tattooed on your butt. Like she yeah. she's playing into like what like what his like dream girl is. Yeah, she knows how to do that, even though that's not like even though that's not really who she is or like what. Yeah what he really needs but i mean it's it's sort of it's sort it's sort of helps him out in some ways don't you think i i would agree with that and i would agree with the fact that she does help him i mean he wouldn't be able to make the bet if it weren't for her you know taking the money to the casino and placing the bet because i mean he wasn't able to get over there so she does help him in some points personally i just don't like her character she's probably one of my least favorite aspects of the movie she does help Howard out you know um helps him out of that little slump uh helps him with you know the parlay and the bets and all of that but I genuinely just dislike her character I don't, as a whole I don't disagree that she's unlikable by the way um okay. we're one yeah let's go you and yeah. me same you and me you and me this, this and, and, Dina Men- and Dina Menzel that was I the first time I, I watched it I was like, whoa. I don't I think she gets like, enough. I, I don't think she gets enough credit. No, she doesn't. This. She's no, she's really good. She's, she's really, really good. good. And it's funny because I mean, Sandler deservingly is getting a lot of like praise and like, why shouldn't he do more dramatic roles? I think the same mm-hmm. could be said for Adina, yes. Kevin Garnett, literally. Like, yeah. I mean, Lakeith, so good. I mean, Lakeith Stanfield, like this is, this is what he Love does. Him. I love you're not surprised so he's like he's like your pinch hitter he doesn't have that many scenes yeah. but he comes in and he hits a home run like yeah it's 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 perfect adina manzel is the one where i'm like why are we not talking about like putting adina yeah. manzel in more things as yeah. a serious actress yeah and it's like especially that character just like this mm. pissed off like genuinely <laughs> angry wife like she does such a good job like she every kills- scene that she's in Sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I didn't mean to interrupt. She kills it in the scene when when uh when he's like trying to get her to come back to her and she's like, Yes, I fucking hate you. Yes, and that's fine. And then immediately yes. like starts like having fun with her mm-hmm. friends. She kills yes. it. Yeah, and I also love the part where she's like, I could punch you right now. He's like, I would let you punch me, and then she goes and like to like fake hit him, and then everyone <laughs> so good. It's uh, so good. It shows she's- that she she has she has she has something over him. Yes, a hundred percent. Absolutely, she does, and she portrays that really well. Like, oh, we need to give her more serious roles. She's great in musicals. She's an amazing uh, all around. She's so good. She's so talented. Hundred yeah. um, uh, percent. Let me think. Who else? Who else should we touch on? I mean, Lakeith. I think it's to be expected. Now, I think twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Who's just on the cusp of this? Though yeah. I haven't. I I. 
since Judas and the Black Messiah, I haven't seen him in too much. Yeah. No, he's planned for, I think, Disney's rebooting the Haunted Mansion movie. And he's going to be okay. in that, like he posted about. I follow him, and I'm a really, really big fan of his work. Um, so he's, he's supposed some, to be in that. He's had some weird social media posts, right? Yeah, he's he's an eccentric guy. He's, okay. He's an eccentric. He's, he's a little weird. Okay. But his work is genuinely, I think he got his breakout role in Short Term 12, I think was his first A lot of like, people breakout got their- role breakthrough in that that's a yeah that's like a indie like that was uh that was also rami malik and uh i mean no way yeah rami malik is in that and then also Whoa. um uh brie larson like it's like a yeah, big a breakout larson. for like a lot of people it's it's a uh, it's kind of yeah bizarre it's weird but he's um, really he's really good in this i love he how he's almost this like gr- like i feel like he's probably one of the only like grounded people in the movie because he's constantly telling howard hey just like let it let it go let it be he always has this like muffled very like quiet tone and like demeanor about him like even like when like in the club scene with the weekend you know he's partying he's having a good time but still like when he's talking to howard he's very like grounded i wouldn't say down to earth but he's definitely like grounded like he's got his head in a level space i i I, I texted I texted you about this, like when we were watching mm-hmm. it too, but I think the, um, it's the, uh, it's the guy in the pawn shop that it's yep. almost seems like the only person that like, like he, he asks him when he's like, I'm going to switch out these rings and then, and then you got my money and I'll get it to you by Friday and this and that. And, and the mm-hmm. guy's like, Hey, are you, are you good? Like, and, yeah. and it was such a subtle moment. I again, didn't notice that the first time, but it was this time when I was like, I think, oddly that's the only person that even cares about yeah. him at all and that goes to show a lot of howard's characters like yeah not a lot of people care about him and that kind of raises the stakes even more because it's like or i mean for the viewer at least because it's like no one cares about this guy like why am i rooting for him no one else around him likes him that totally and then also like i think it emphasizes how shitty people are in his life like yes i mean i mean yes. when when you realize like yeah most people like if some guy came up to you in this like mania like you'd be like bro like slow down i like yeah. you know what everyone's everyone's bought into it everyone's like all like e- everyone's like on edge you know mm-hmm. i every time i watch this i always laugh at, I forget what his name is, but he's this short guy and he's got like the white hair and it's like down like shade. He's got like the grandpa hair. Oh, the guys with uh, like the identical twins. Are they just yeah, the watch, brothers the or whatever? Watch guy. Yeah. Every time it's like, I'm not buying watches. It always gives <laughs> him a watch and he says he's not yes. buying watches. Oh, it's so good. And I, <laughs> I, I have nothing else to say about that character other than every time he comes on screen, I laugh. He reminds me of... Oh, I can't remember his name. He was in, let me see. I think oh, he was um, in The Princess Bride. What's his name? Uh, Wallace Shawn. Wallace he reminds me of Wallace Shawn. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can see like, it. I can see it. Very that's like all, New that's Yorker. all I have to say. Yeah. Yes, that's all I have to say about that character. Reminds me of Wallace Shawn. <laughs> no, I think, I, think it's, I think it's stuff like that that makes you feel like it's a really like full world that howard's yeah. living in i think yes. but bo- i literally both the outside guy that's asking for sympathy and then the other people that are asking for money that don't end up like contributing anything else to the plot yeah 
I think mm-hmm. shows like he's got other he's got other problems. This is just the biggest of his problems. And then the guy yeah. that's asking for sympathy makes you feel like, OK, it's we're not, I'm not just living. I'm just I'm not just watching like an insane uh, like like pseudo um, like surreal reality. Like this is this is mm-hmm. this is a world in which regular people live. He's just on a completely different level. If that yeah. Makes sense. Yes. Yeah. It. Yeah, it doesn't make this like a fantasy world. It's like this is yeah. a real, like our real world that he is living in. It's really, it's stuff, really it's, well crafted. It's stuff like that, and I think the Safties do a great job at this. By like, I think um, casting real people. Like, I think we've seen. I yeah. think we've some proof in 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 some ways that like Julia Fox is is her character i also i mean mm-hmm. you were talking about wayne diamond who is the yeah. guy at the casino i mentioned yeah. you texted me like i love this guy i'm like that guy is le- like that apparently he just yeah. hangs at casinos he has like that yeah. intense spray tan just he's, creepy as hell he's like creepy as hell he's pretty rich like he's playing himself like he they cast yeah. these people who they meet mm-hmm. who they just like are obsessed with you know yeah, i think that was his I think, first movie that was his first movie yeah, yeah, I went and I looked up his. Uh, I was on Letterbox looking through the cast, and um, I was like, Wayne Diamond, like number one, dope name, so hardcore, can't be Wayne real. Diamond, yeah, oh, it has. I, I, it's obviously <laughs> not real, but I really want his last name to be just straight Diamond, like he was destined <laughs> for this reality. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does add this sense, and I think Good Time has some, uh, like actors in it who like they they aren't actors like they're just people and that really adds to this like i would classify this movie as like an ensemble movie like movies that have a ton of characters and they all have stories but adding just some like real people into the movie it really makes it um oh one of arno's goons uh is also like the main one the one who shoots howard isn't an actor either he's just a regular guy like yeah. a guy that they found and i listened to i found out a little bit i was trying to watch the commentary version and i'm not a tech savvy person i couldn't figure it out um and, but the little bit that <laughs> i did hear i was i was struggling hard it was bad it was embarrassing um yeah i heard them talk about him and just saying like he was just a regular guy who they yeah. found and they didn't really know much about him but he fit the part and so they cast him which i think is just so cool it just adds this like reality aspect to this surreal movie we're watching. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Cause I think it can feel so foreign when you jumped into this th- thing, but it's, yep. uh, yeah, it's bizarre. Um, briefly mm-hmm. before I touch on this next one, I, I experienced this world a little bit like looking for engagement rings. Like I was going oh, around. Ooh, okay. These, I was, I just, also, bought- congratulations. Okay. I, mean, I haven't talked to you <laughs> since then. It's, it's, I know it's wild. Exciting. Let's go, right? Yeah, we're pretty pumped. What's great? Yeah, hell yeah. Yes, oh, we're so hyped. Uh, (laughs) So, I mean, I I was going to some of these, like, I I was in New York, but I was in Boston. I was going to, like, Mm -hmm. the Diamond District, like, some of these small shops. Um, Obviously, like, I went to ones that weren't, like, Howard-level crazy. Um, But I, I, like, I I, I went to those shops. I didn't, like, end up talking to them about rings because they didn't have many rings. There's some places that are selling primarily, like, watches and chains and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um i i saw these like you know big guys like come in like the, the, the this like guy come in with his entourage and the like guys 
behind the counter like oh you want to check out this chain oh yeah check out this they're kind of schmoozing mm-hmm. each other like yeah I, I i was like shit this is literally the movie i can't believe this world that's exists wild. yeah i kind of witnessed it a little bit it was bizarre that's so cool like oh man i wonder how long it took like how many diamond shops the safi brothers spent time in to just like people watch and figure out like how this world i don't know if they have like a direct connection or anything to that but they said it's somehow really cool. based on their dad or something like that their oh, dad worked I, this for that. I don't know yes. i don't remember exactly what it was yeah i think you I, you are right yeah i did hear that yeah okay okay so they do have a direct contact but i think that's cool that this is genuinely like a reality that a lot of people live in yeah really, really cool. and it feels foreign to most people it feels yeah. it feels weird when you step into it i mean even the ones that were kind of like nicer like it's I I mean I did I did get buzzed in through that door and I was like, oh it's the door. Oh a good gem reference. <laughs> <laughs> a good gem. Yeah, I really I really like your uncut gems reference on your door. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> dude, that's so sick. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Um yeah. anyway, I don't want to go too far down that 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 rabbit hole, but it was fun. Um yes. yeah. So um I wanted to ask you, because I think that this movie is like, it came out in 2019 and I feel like it felt mm-hmm. so fresh then. And I feel like we're, yeah. we're, we're moving closer to like a direction where this is like, this is pretty, I mean, where movies are doing this more. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk a, a little bit about like the influence of this movie and where you think like, this is like, I mean, I don't know if you have yeah. any thoughts on that. No, I do. Um, I think that this movie, uh, I talked about it a little bit and I believe yeah. I'm checking my sources, making sure. Yeah. So um, Martin Scorsese is a producer, like the number one producer for this movie. And after watching Uncut Gems and Good Time Back to Back, I think a week or two later, I think it was for film club. uh, We watched uh, After Hours. Hell yeah. I miss that. Big film club back. Yes. uh, Shout out uh, Malkovich Film Club. Miss y'all. But this movie, I feel like, takes a lot of influence from from that. And because that movie was really hard for me to digest when I was first watching it because Mm -hmm. so much happens Mm -hmm. and it's just full of tension you know this guy's meeting a ton of girls in one night and all hell unfolds pretty much how it almost uncut gems and after hours almost have the same pacing and how they play out tension and i like i've talked about this with a couple friends before but i feel like this movie is a master class in how to pace a movie it, I feel like there is not a moment where this movie drags. And I feel like a lot of people are going to take influence from that. I haven't seen a lot of the movies like 2020 uh, or 20, like this year's movies, but I feel like a lot of people are going to be able to observe these like fresh new directors. Like they're young, like these dudes, they're young to be like making these yeah, totally. giant movies that are going like going to have influence on Hollywood and like just film culture as a whole. And I feel like Uncut Gems and After Hour, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Good Time yeah. are going to be movies that we look back on 
like after hours where it's like yeah this movie i see the influence this movie had on culture i can't directly speak to the movies that it has influenced up till now but i feel like this is going to be a movie where like oh man this that movie reminded me of uncut gems or good time i feel like that is going to be something that we have normal conversations about like we do with a lot of older scorsese movies i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more you know i think i think i think it definitely borrows from after hours and some of these like um it feels a little bit like Michael Mann's Thief, like early Michael Mann, like that kind of stuff. I haven't stuff seen too. a lot of Michael. I don't think I've seen um, any of Michael Mann. You say, have you seen Heat? No. Oh, dude. I know. Oh. Wild. Oh, dude. I know. That's, I mean, that's, if you're going to see a Michael Mann movie, that's, it's got to be Heat. But anyway. I know people love Heat. People love Heat. And I've got to say, like, it's not, it's not a, it's not a hard watch either. It's, 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 it's fast paced. But, Let's go. I'll have to check it out. Um, it was interesting because uh, Subtle Flax, I don't mean to like show off or anything, but I went to the okay. Cannes Film Festival in 2021. Oh, it was a big deal. Let's go. It was fine. So cool. Um, so no, cool. but like, but I think going there uh, and watching some of the movies that were coming out in 2021, I feel like that was the next batch of movies after like, mm-hmm. you know, because they, they're they're shot in 2020, probably they come out in 2021. Mm-hmm. This movie came out in 2019. So like directors had a chance to like digest this and then, mm-hmm. and then, and and then try to make their project and put it out. Mm-hmm. I was watching so many things that I felt like had like major, major influences from this. And yeah. um, it's interesting because it's not a movie that I think a lot of people, um, a lot of audiences liked, like it's not, um, yeah. I looked at the Rotten Tomato score score and the audience score is like 52%. Like it's low, low, low. Yeah. People don't, like watching this movie it's it's not an easy watch it's not it's hard to watch it it's genuinely is. Not. it's a it's a chore to like sit down and like be like i'm going to do this to yeah. myself so i feel like i i sympathize with the people who don't like it very much but i adore it but continue no no i totally agree um i mean the one i the the one that definitely jumped out to me was red rocket uh mm-hmm. sean baker's yep, sean movie baker. I was like, you know, this is applying a lot of like what what Sean Baker does, but the pacing okay. and the sort of like and the sort of like I'm trying to please you, but I'm trying to please you and keep this whole boat all afloat like that nature mm-hmm. of like there's all this tension between these this this main character trying to please everyone else in his life at once yeah. and like mm-hmm. and like these like conflicting uh things that he's saying to different people. Like I feel yeah. like that kind of like that kind of like way to raise the tension plus the mm-hmm. pacing like you're talking about of just like hurling shit out you the whole the whole movie through i think mm-hmm. it's something that like a lot of film filmmakers took from even even like everything everywhere all at once like i yeah. don't think like directly influenced but like it just just the sense of like let's let's throw everything at like literally everything at you mm-hmm. um i think i think that like i really think it's like a it's like a pivotal film in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I want to touch on a little bit more with what you said about the, like the people pleasing, like, and that is also something that can greatly raise tension because that is something that a lot of people are like experiencing or have experienced, you know, trying to totally, you know, please a ton of people. So like when you're watching it, you're like, Oh, Oh, like you're like, you're cringing because you're like, I've like, I've been there. It's something that the viewer, like not a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, this a hundred thousand dollar opal I bought. No, I've been there. Can't believe that happened to you. But like the people pleasing aspect 
is something that a lot of people can relate to and that makes the movie more now I wouldn't want to say like accessible but it's something that keeps you engaged and is something that uh just a regular person like me can like relate to and you know empathize with or sympathize with in the movie yeah no that's a really interesting point that sort of like raised a thought in my mind do you think do you think the audience is more sympathetic to Howard because we don't see how this started? Like, Ooh, yo, that is a good point. Like, yeah, like but- in the sense, in the sense that, in the sense that like we can see ourselves, like we can always see ourselves like ending up in a sticky situation. We're not like seeing him start to gamble where if like you saw the beginning of that, you'd probably blame him more. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because we're just, we're just thrown into it. First scene, like the mm-hmm. first one of his first lines is him calling someone, be like, "Yo, I got the money." Yeah, like we, yeah, I would agree with that. In I some ways, my, I kind of lost my train of thought there. So no, I would agree with that statement. No, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I almost think that like that like we can always see ourselves like ending up in a sticky situation, but like mm-hmm. if you see the beginning of it, you blame the character more. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway uh let me let me zip through my notes here um oh uh best performance by an nba player what do you think oh yes i don't know i don't know we got to shout out lebron james in the new space jam that was pretty good boo i mean lebron james (laughs) in train wreck maybe honestly fairly good in train wreck uh yeah i genuinely think that like kg puts on a crazy performance in this I know like he's playing himself, scene, but like, damn, he's yeah, intense. Really intense. Like that one scene where he looks up, like after looking in the Opal, it's like, I have to have this. I have to have this. Yeah. It almost gives me goosebumps. Like just that scene is so electric where it's like all of this, all of this is happening, but somehow like his voice like booms through the room. It's like, I have to have this. I would, I would say that his performance is in the top, uh, nominees for like obviously he's the best nba actor but better than better than shack and grown-ups Tri- grown-ups too oh yeah or in what movie did shack play that genie from the kazam from like the 90s kazam <laughs> <laughs> i haven't heard that in a long time i don't know oh we gotta shout out shack shack is good but gotta Kevin watch kazam Garnett. again Oh, that's the Cineflex episode. What are we like? Cineflex episode. episode. Yeah, we're gonna do Kazam, uh, Kazam with Hell Shaquille yeah. O'Neal. But yeah, um, he's electric in this movie. KG is really, really good. Have you seen Have you seen Hustle? By the way, yeah, that's another Adam Sandler no, serious performance just... starring NBA players that I've not seen it yet. Well, I haven't seen it yet either. That That one came out fairly recently, like within the mm. last month, month and a half, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I, it got pretty decent reviews. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, a lot of Adam Sandler, other NBA players playing themselves. It's it's a it's a solid one apparently. Yeah, I'll have to um, it hell yeah. <laughs> anything else? Anything else you want to touch on? Um, not really. Other than I think that this movie is genuinely something that we are going to look back on and be like, man, like what a film. What like yeah. I'm really excited to like get older and like watch modern <laughs> movies. Be like, oh. I remember when Uncut Gems came out, like this movie yeah. is just like that. It's going to be really cool to make those comparisons. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, last thing for you. All right. Um, his daughter's in a play. 
Um, yeah. Again, I don't think the Safties waste a moment, and I don't think like no. a moment. I don't think a mo. I don't think a shot on screen mm-hmm. doesn't contribute to this plot. Unlike other yep. directors who you know want to like immerse you by just letting you see things. Um, mm-hmm. Significance of his daughter's character in the play yes. shooting gold coins out of her mouth. I. I'll talk about that. Yeah, is that I? Ooh, I didn't think about that. I don't. I don't have a cohesive thought on it, which is why I'm yeah. asking you. I don't know if you do either, but I definitely think like it means, especially with Howard's obsession with money. Yeah. Oh, I genuinely don't know. I didn't think about that. I just thought that I was like, oh, haha. You know, she's spitting out coins. Like I thought that was funny. I'm. I'm not a very like analytical person when I'm watching movies. It's to my downfall, but I didn't, I don't think I've ever thought about that. I always think at that one scene, I mentioned this to you, like specifically the play yeah. scene is that oh, one yes, shot. We do need to talk about yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about your good thought. Segue. Yeah. Um, I had a thought. I texted Ethan during the movie and I, like I mentioned that, that one scene after, you know, his uh son taps him on the shoulder he's like oh who tapped me and he turns around and arno's goons are there that's when everything starts to hit downhill like people are coming after him for his money that's when the tension really starts and that scene is rough like um when he gets you know taken in the car and his wife has to come get him and that sets up you know the scenes with his wife that's where the movie really starts to in both ways take off and go down like it just goes downhill immediately after that scene and it doesn't stop until the credits roll it's a consistent tension throughout the whole movie right after that scene where he sees the goons how do you think it has something to do with howard's howard's decision to turn over his shoulder or do you like and and not and not just focus on his daughter's play or do you think it is it is just, it is just a symptom of like, that's when that happens. Cause I know, I know like you really feel like that's the pivotal moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like if like him turning around is almost like a, something that speaks on how much he cares about work and how much he cares about like this money that he has, that he would leave his daughter's play and leave his entire family sitting there without telling them where he's going. It almost like it's exposition into his character as well, where it's like, this is so important to him that he would leave his daughter's play and run around the back, like backstage and trying to like get away from these guys. Like it's, it's, it's wild. That scene I feel like is the pivotal moment of the movie. I feel like it's probably one of the most important scenes in the movie. Hell yeah. Let's Hell go. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. Yeah. Steven. Uncut gems, man. Uncut love gems, it. man. Uncut gems. Uncut gems. You gotta love it. You gotta uncut love gems. it. And I was, and I was, uh, I was Benny Softy's muse when we found uncut gems. Uncut gems. Oh man. Uh, thank you so much. Always. It's always good. We got to do this yeah. again. I, I love, thank you for having me on, man. I love it. It's always nice to talk to you. Always good to catch up. Of course. Would you like to, would you like to do a quote in character? Would you like to do your Julia Fox again? Do you have another, do you have oh. another impression for me? What are you feeling? I was thinking, I thought about this because the first, the first two times 
I think this is my third time being on the podcast. I think it's got to be four, four, right? Have I? Has it been? Has it four. been? It was. It's a Wonderful Life, which is objectively my best one. I love that one. Oh, that was Before good. Sunrise. Yeah. We have on this. So three. Oh, you had to have been on something else. I'll 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 figure it out. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, we will. Um, so you know, I gotta stick with one of my all-time favorite movies, one I've been super obsessed with lately. You gotta go summer, you gotta go Texas, you have to stay with Days and Confused. So <laughs> one of my favorite quotes is a very underrated one from objectively the best character. We got Slater. It's the one who's like, George Washington, man. He was in a cult, man. And that cult was into aliens, man, is one of my favorite quotes from that movie. Because it's like after that, it just goes straight to another scene. But George Washington, he was in a cult and that cult was into aliens. Oh, yeah. I've been I was I was I was watching Slacker and I've been thinking about you just like being in that like Houston (laughs) heat, like in the Mm -hmm. summer and this sort of like indie indie Texas scene, the like the like liberal side of Texas, you know, like it's a it's a different world, you know. Yep. Shout out Austin, (laughs) man. Oh, thanks for having me on, man. Always a good time. It's good to talk to you, man. Good to talk to you.